Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center. We took a week off for the holidays, so we are rested, but maybe some of us are too rested. Jack, I feel like I should let you drive today because I haven't fully had my morning coffee yet and you are just ready to go. So, so how was your weekend? How was your holiday? Just so people know, it's 10 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> it's 9.54. It's not like it's 6.30. It's 10 a.m. Uh, I would get it if we were like, if th- this was like an 8 a.m. kickoff or something like that, but it's 10 a.m. Uh, my holiday was fine. It was low key. Didn't do much. Do you, you know what I currently have? <clears throat> Does this happen to you? Hmm. When you eat too many almonds and you have like a, a tummy ache? No, maybe you're allergic to almonds. No, I'm not allergic to almonds. I just eat too many because they don't taste like anything. It's like the un uh, salted, like straight up almonds, just naked almonds. And so yeah. I can like eat handfuls at a time. And I just do that without even thinking. And they're almonds, right? So they're healthy. So that's what's in my mind. But then I do this all the time. I eat too many without realizing it. And then I have a stomach ache. I feel like the point of eating almonds is that A, they don't taste that good. So you don't want to eat that many. So you end up eating less. But also, it's like the good fat thing that fills you up. That's what it is. It's all So that you're fat. doing it wrong. Well, I want to eat the almonds until I'm not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. that's me eating in mass and I just want to get the, the eating portion and it's just bored working this morning. Just almonds. I Boom. snack. I snack when I work. What, uh, what is this an almonds like new year's cleanse, new year's diet? You're just eating no. almonds. No, just almonds. Okay. Have I've you- done this a few times. Like <laughs> I'll get the, you know, like the five, $6 bag of Trader Joe's. That's a lot of goddamn almonds. And I eat them in like two sittings. Wow. It's, so yeah, I know. It's a it's it's an egregious amount of almonds. Is it a pound? Are you eating a half pound of almonds? I'm picturing a, a sixteen ounce bag. Will you go get it? I don't want to go get it because if fine. I bring it and I'll, I'll I'll keep eating them. Okay, that's fair. I don't know if it's a pound, it might be a pound. I don't know. But it's the, it's it's a good amount of almonds. You're the only person I know who does not have self control around almonds. I don't have self control around anything. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. So did you watch more or less TV with the holidays? I watched a uh, good question. I watched a good amount. Uh, last few days have been pretty political. I mean, I watched your, your, your holiday staples, uh, Christmas vacation, Abby love actually. Duh. Uh, by the way, did you know that Chevy Chase is like a well-known asshole? Yes, I did know yeah. that. And I think that the community, um, when he was on community, really exposed that, it. That was talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, my so memory. It's been known for, for years and years that he's been super difficult to work with. And in fact, Chris Columbus, not the explorer, but the director, guy who did uh, Home Alone and such, a couple of Harry Potters, he was slated to do. Um, Christmas vacation when he was like 32, 33, and it was like a, a big deal for him. But in the pre-production meetings, like I guess uh, Chevy Chase wasn't happy with that hire, and he like wouldn't make eye contact with Chris Columbus. It pretty much forced Chris Columbus to quit because he was like, "This is going to be impossible. I can't work with this guy." Um, That's interesting because, like I said, I think the way that you said, do you know that he's just kind of a jerk? I definitely have heard that, but I've never heard an actual story of like a thing he did. I have no concrete examples of why Chevy Chase is a known. Well, there's the things in community where he he would show up like two hours late. That's classic diva stuff. Or what's even worse is they'd be in the middle of a shoot 
and they'd go to lunch and then he would just leave. He wouldn't come back. So they'd have to like figure out a way to finish the scene without him. Like, can you imagine the headache that would cause? No. As far as like continuation is concerned. Well, especially on a, a network TV show where you're doing like 24 episodes a year, like those people were dealing with a lot. So yeah, it's a great show, by the way, that's not one of our recommendations, but I think it's streaming on, Oh, it's probably on Peacock now. Um, watch community if you haven't it's a good i feel like how the new girl came back and everyone has now watched the new girl on netflix i feel like community deserves that that everyone should watch it that hasn't seen it what's who's that girl what's the name of her she was in she's also in love oh not allison brie um britta in community um oh gosh it's gonna take me a second okay i'm gonna google it why don't you start all right, all right, all right. On your first wreck, because that is going to bother me. All right, I'm going to start. I've got two negatives and one positive, so I'm going to start with a negative. We'll do like a like a positive sandwich here. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Not a, the biggest of superhero movie fans. That might shock some people, but I'm not a big superhero movie fan. The MCU's kind of cool. Like Civil War on is decent. Uh, in Marvel, like when there's actually real plot lines and the, and the characters are kind of fleshed out. And then, you know, obviously the last two installments are pretty solid. Uh, Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, switching over to DC now, I thought was good. Uh, Chris Pine is charming as all hell. So I, I really do, like, if you have Chris Pine in your film, thumbs up from, from me. Um, not enough Chris Pine. The, uh, Chris Pine two we could have five chris pines in this movie and it's not going to save it 1984 sucks i'm guessing you haven't seen it yet i have not and i it's one of those where so many people had negative takes that if it was the opposite and if because i obviously have hbo max and it's, if everyone was like oh my god it's incredible then i would have thrown it on and the first it, it was that was not what happened the first 10 15 minutes is cool because it's back on i swear the 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 all-female island is called lesbos i'm pretty sure that's like where she's from i don't think i'm being facetious i think it's i'm gonna lesbos. take your word for that anyway it's like a sweet action sequence awesome cool but then it goes back to 1984 and they never explain why they never tell you why you're in 1984 and let me tell you something gal gadot is stunning she's hot i get it she's an awful actress she is oh. incapable of showing any kind of emotion, any range of emotion. She's always just like, hmm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Even when she's like lassoing bullets, she's like, hmm, that was close. I don't understand the infatuation we have with her as a culture. It's because she looks like that. I don't think it's going to last too long. She's also incapable of not having an Israeli accent, which how good of an actress are you if you can't, change your accent i'm not saying it's a bad thing but they have to like back in with the flashback episodes all of the other like warrior women i don't know what they're i don't want to offend all the geeks out there by calling them the wrong name they have to adopt a israeli accent because gal gadot can't not speak in an israeli accent does that make sense so what is they wrote it around they wrote the whole origin story for some reason they all have israeli accents to match up with gal gadot's lack of not being able to do an accent 
So what is her real life? Her real life accent is Israeli. And then in the movie, she is Israeli. I guess I'm confused about what's real and what's what she's supposed to be acting. First of all, I used a double negative back there. So forgive me. Um, what do you mean? What's real? What, she can she can only speak in an Israeli accent. Okay. That's not yeah. you. Anytime you ever hear Gal Gadot talk, that's how she is in the period. movie. She can't do anything else. Okay. And I'll, Take one step further. Every, if you're not going to watch it, if you're not going to watch Wonder Woman, I'm not. check her out in any other movie. Oh, God. She's in the one with John Hamm and Kristen Wiig, speaking of. Bridesmaid? Uh, no, not Bridesmaid. She's, um, she, her and John Hamm are spies. They're next door. And she's, guess what? An Israeli spy because she can't play anything mm. else. Uh, I just don't get it. I don't, I think the, um, the Gal Gadot train is coming to a stop pretty soon because I think people are realizing she can't act. Uh, the plot line is just bonkers. The whole, the whole, the biggest plot device is a stone that when you rub it and wish something, it comes true. Yeah, that's it. And obviously that's, that's what we're fighting for. The whole message of the movie is that you shouldn't have to wish for anything because the world, I think she literally says the world is good enough as it is. Mm. That's like what she says at the end in her, the world is good enough as it is. I'm Gal Gadot voice. Uh, again, not enough Chris Pine, but a 15 million Chris Pines couldn't save this movie. Uh, Kristen Wiig is, well, she got bad advice. Kristen Wiig is not put in a position to succeed in this movie. Kristen Wiig is in this movie. Yeah. She's the villain. Oh, that's news to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's Cheetah, which apparently is um, a villain of note in the uh, the DC universe. So anyway, Wonder Woman sucks. But if that's your thing, go for it. Uh, there's so, there's, uh, so for example, it's well established that you can only make one wish on this. Guess what the wishing stone is called? The wishing stone. The wishing stone. Mm. It's established you can only make one wish on it, but for some reason, Kristen Wiig gets two wishes and they never explain why. Uh, Pedro Pascal is the other villain and I love him so, so much. And he's doing his best to make this like a decent watchable movie and it's just not enough. The, it's a money grab and it sucks. I feel like you just listed 17 things that you hate about this movie. Did you write those down or was that top of your head? Top of my head. Okay. Do you want to give me your thoughts on the Gal Gadot Imagine Celebrity video while you're here on this rant? Knowing what I know now about Gal Gadot, I hate it even more. <laughs> okay. Because she, she, she did that thinking like, I'm doing you all such a favor. Like, I'm going to reach out to all my celebrity friends to help you poor normies cope. And, and at the end, how she ends it, she like gives this little smile and she's like, you're welcome you fucking pathetic normie looking people with normie jobs and normie paychecks. That's your one cuss for the week. You might be oh, the only sorry. person, you might be the only person who made it to the end of that video. I made it five seconds in and I felt awkward and I had to close out maybe she, 15 seconds in. She is. I don't understand. Like I said, she's super hot. Uh, she looks like wonder woman, which is great. I mean, I guess she looks, I mean, what does Wonder Woman look like? You probably could have picked a number of hot chicks that are better actresses. But here we are with Gal Gadot. 
Um, am I a yes? Of course I am. But I wouldn't pick her to star in any role of any movie I was producing. I don't care what it was. We, it could be a movie based in Israel. I wouldn't cast her. She's so bad. I feel as though someone needs to defend Gal Gadot because this has been pretty harsh, but I don't know anything about her other than she's the star of Wonder Woman movies and she made that video with all the celebrities. So I'm not going to defend her. Um, Sounds like you do not recommend Wonder Woman 1984. Did you see the first one and did you like it? Yeah, first one was fine. Okay. First one was cool. Um, Yeah, World War One-ish. I'm a sucker for period pieces and that world war the, the so the setting in world war one and the original wonder woman made sense the setting here there's no rhyme or reason to it they, like they never explain why we're in 84 what the significance is and obviously it's setting up for a third wonder woman a contemporary wonder woman interesting you i think you just set the record for the longest rant on the rec center and when i said you were ready to go this morning and i was not i feel like that was um very true and more true than i knew it was at the time yeah i've been up i've been working well been you s- <laughs> since before 9 30 a.m if you can believe that i don't know what that's like um i actually do i just want to clarify i just don't know what that's like <laughs> today i you just said you're a sucker for period pieces i told you to watch bridgerton i'm gonna get your thoughts on that after i speak i'm gonna go positive and i feel like you're gonna go negative so we took last week off for Christmas. It was like the middle right between Christmas and New Year's, um, the week that doesn't exist. So we took that off. I had already watched Bridgerton all eight episodes fully by this point, and it had dropped three days sooner. So it's been about a week since I watched it. I obviously binged it. I loved it. Um, it's not like a Queen's Gambit type miniseries where you have to tell everyone to watch it because it's an amazing miniseries and going to win all the awards and all that. This is just an enjoyable binge. It's eight episodes. It's a period piece. It's set in 1813 or, you know, early 1800s London. And I didn't know what to expect going in. So they had dropped a um, promo on like Netflix, Instagram and stuff. But all I knew of Bridgerton was that it was the first real Shondaland offering from Netflix. So we've talked about how Netflix gives money to these creators. So Ryan Murphy has his Netflix shows and they also signed Shonda Rhimes, obviously of Grey's Anatomy, um, Shondaland on ABC. They had signed her and this was her first really big show. That's all I knew about it. I actually thought it was a movie. So like going into it, it dropped on Christmas. Going into it, I thought I was going to watch a Shonda movie. Makes so much more sense that it's a series. Um, but like I said, it's it's eight episodes. It's based on, it's called Bridgerton and it's the Bridgerton family. There's eight children. I guess there's books. I believe there are eight books. Like one focuses on each child. So this book that they took it from is based on the oldest daughter who's like 21-ish, and this is her coming out. So like what uh, debutante, what, is that what it's called? Like a debutante ball, like debut to, to society, yeah. and now she's it's very, able... um It's very Jane Austen-y. Yes, and that's another thing too is is that I didn't know... It's the Pride and Prejudice vibes. Um, Sense and sensibility, yeah. I didn't know going into it that that's what it was. I was turned off by that at first because I typically don't love those types of entertainment. It's just not usually for me. 
However, I was like, okay, push through that and just figure out if you like the show. And I loved it. I will acknowledge that not everyone is going to love it as much as me. Like I said, it's not a Queen's Gambit type where you're like, if you don't love it, then it's a you problem, not the show. However, um, it's really entertaining. It's, it's gets pretty spicy throughout. Um, it's about kind of two people. It's kind of will they, won't they? And then there's some more complications and it's just a really enjoyable, pretty easy binge. Um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I don't know if I should go more into the plot, but I don't want to because it's only been out for a week and a half. Although I will say, I feel like pretty much everyone has watched it or at least tried it at this point. So, oh, and I feel like we should acknowledge the breakout star of the show. I believe you say his name, Roger Jean Page. I am not French. I might be saying his first name wrong. Um, I looked up his Instagram when the show, when I was watching the show, which was like three days after it premiered, he had like 60,000 followers. And I was like, that'll go up. He now has over 1.1 million in a week. So a true breakout star. Um, he is like the love interest lead in the show. He's phenomenal and he's not bad looking. So that's my thoughts. I recommend Bridgerton. I recommend everyone attempting it. I told you to watch it slash attempt it. What did you think? Yeah. Um, uh, the coolest part about it is the contemporary pop songs that are instrumental and tossed in there. Those are like a nice surprise. Did you touch on that? No, I didn't. That's actually that is a really fun one. But you said you only watched, so you watched one, one episode? Yeah. So you, um, and I Maroon don't know, 5? I don't know what song it was. It was like a Taylor Swift. Girls song, Like You. But it was, I don't Isn't know, it, it, was, it was fun. And then I saw that that's like, the thing that the series does yeah anyway um costumes are cool set design super cool uh it's definitely yeah early 19th century but they put their own spin on it it's it's spunky uh maybe i'm just getting old and lame but the smash cuts no pun intended from regular scenes to like two hot people having sex and fancy clothes i just gets really old for me and there is a lot of sex in bridgerton and i feel like a lot of it is gratuitous it i don't disagree with you but i'm confused you said you watched one episode and you felt like there was a lot of gratuitous sex in the first episode yes i did i can only think of one sex scene from the first episode the older brother there's a sex on a tree there's sex in a there's sex in a bed with their clothes on they have a lot of sex with clothes on fancy yeah. clothes is on i it just it just it just didn't do it for me uh wasn't wasn't my jam and something like that generally is my jam yeah i feel like if you stuck with it you would like it so the gratuitous sex bothered you enough to turn it off it, it was just like oh my god here we go again with the more sex and i feel like i don't i, th- I think they're using it as a device to be like isn't this show like cool like game of thrones was guilty of that early first season and, I, and it I do works. Agree. But I was also I was also ten years younger ten years ago when Game of Thrones was on. Maybe I'm a little more refined. My palate is a little bit more complicated. Hold uh, on, hold on. With, I, go ahead. With Game of Thrones, it was the gratuitous nudity that, and and there was like there was lots of doggy style in Game of Thrones. It's but it was like 
nothing no other no other position had been invented in westeros not to psychoanalyze you that's why you didn't like this because it was like chaste but sexual so it's like you're not seeing a lot of nudity you're not seeing a lot of like fancy positions like it's like oh yeah okay they're on a tree like up up against it but it's it's like you said it's sex with clothes on it's very like chaste they just wanted to show the like they wanted to show the sexuality but they didn't want to get too racy with it and game of thrones went full racy as racy as you can get and that's why you like that and that's why you don't like the bridgerton sex Maybe I also just like I kind of rolled my eyes every time there was a new sex scene. I, I swear there's like four in the okay. in the pilot. Is it always the older brother or is it it's the older brother? Who's the chick? I watched it over a week ago. Who, there's a chick who her first scene she's having sex, and then more sex ensues. I mean, I believe you. I just there's we... lots of moaning. There's and it's like they they hold on the sex scenes for too long. That's fair. They so the reason I'm surprised that you felt that way after one episode is because in my recollection it started slow and then got a lot more sexual. Dude, there's like sex in the first like 90 seconds. No, that's yeah, I I I know that one. I know what you're talking about. Oh. I but I just feel like I'm forgetting what other sex scenes were in the pilot. But there is a lot of sex throughout the show. It's not always like game of thrones style like boobs everywhere so girl on girl like game of thrones stuff you're not if you're looking for that then you wouldn't that's no no no, you're twisting it that's not what i'm looking for i like plenty of shows where there's zero i'm if anything i want there to be less sex in the show that's what i'm getting at i i don't i'm tired of that i feel like they're just using sex as like as a way to like get their hooks into viewers into like the YA audience. So that it's one part of that, that I wondered about was Shonda rhymes um, is like the, I don't know, head of Shondaland. I'm sure she has, she has some fancy title and all of her stuff before was Grey's Anatomy scandal with Carrie Washington. There's a lot I of think, sex and scandal from what I understand as well. Well, I think she did private practice, um, but I could be wrong on that. Cause that, yeah, that was great. A great spinoff. Um, so those shows were on ABC. So, so now she's letting her hair down a little bit. Well, yeah. So it's like, oh, well, there was a lot of sex and scandal. Yeah. It was like traditional what, what you sex. could air at 9 p.m. on ABC on a Thursday. There was no nudity. There was no doggy style. There was no like any of that. So this is her first real. But again, it's I don't know how involved she is with this show because it's really just her production company. She obviously has her hands in it, though. And so maybe this was her first time where there could be cussing like you could there's f-bombs i'm sure i don't remember but i'm sure there are um and not that she was like holding back this whole time and now she can't wait to release it all but this is really the first time we've seen her do something that's not airing on a network so maybe she had a little too much fun with it maybe the shondaland crew just went a little crazy but if you thought there was too much um in the first episode then you definitely should not keep watching this. Yeah, I don't think I mean I'm not the demo. It's it's clearly a chick show. So if I liked it, I thought it was just gonna be a bonus for me. Um so for the ladies out there who are looking for a green light from me to tell their boyfriends and hubbies, sorry, it's not coming from me. Hmm. Can't do that to my bros. Not right now. Interesting. Okay. Well, I recommend Bridgerton. Jack does not. What is your next rec? Uh, I'm going to be positive. 
Hmm. It's a fun, super easy watch. I'm sure you've seen it, Lindsay. Um, Death to 2020. Not yet. I'm actually going to watch it today. It's so great. It's just over an hour. Uh, It's a mockumentary. It's so it's so familiar as to like we we've seen so many documentaries in the last three four years and they're all the same. You get a historian, you get a scientist, you get a reporter, you get a couple like normal people, uh, you get a political advisor person. They cover all the bases with all celebrities that we love: uh, Hugh Grant, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Christine Milioti is excellent. She plays a racist Karen. She's from Palm Springs, right? Yes. And can yes. I just inject that, interject, uh, Jillian Ga- Jacobs, Gillian Jacobs is, Jillian Jacobs. is Britta from Community. Yep. Sorry. Yep. So back to Deaths of 2020. Uh, it's just so good. It's, it's just over an hour. It's, they make fun of everything. I was a little uneasy. I was skeptical as to how they were going to make fun of the whole BLM movement. They approach it in such a way that, you laugh um, in terms of like uh, white people saying they understand and they've understood. I, I, I'm not going to do it any justice. You need to check it out. It's very well done. What is its relation to Black Mirror? Because isn't it the Black Mirror producers? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because it feels Black Mirror. I think it's the... But it's funny. It's really, really funny. When it was a when it was a when it started, I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be them like trying to be funny, and it's not gonna be funny." It's legit funny. It's very well written. I'm googling if it's Black Mirror related because I'm pretty sure it is from the Death of 2020 is a British mockumentary by Black Mirror creators Charlie uh, Brooker and Annabelle Jones. There you go. Yeah, I knew that the Black Mirror tandem was a a guy girl group. Did you say who uh, Hugh Grant is in it? He is. Okay. Oh, I love Lisa Kudrow. Okay. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow right. plays like a Kaylee McEnany type. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I am planning on watching it today. So I'm excited that you liked it. I was, I was um, also questioning how you could make fun of this year because um, it was such a, like I get. A billion I, people are dead. No, they, yeah. yeah I, I hear you. So that was like, and that's my thing. I was like, are they going to, at first I thought it was a real documentary and I was like, Oh hell yeah. But we're talking to like celebrities about it. And then I saw that Samuel Jackson was playing like a, like a Washington post journalist. And I was like, Oh no, this could be really, really bad. But I stuck with it and it's, it's excellent. I loved it. Okay. Any more thoughts? Uh, no, I am going to do three that I'm counting as my final two and it'll make more sense. Uh, so I'm going to go and then you can finish us off. I'm going to do three in a row. Um, the first one is a show that I don't recommend binging, but that is, I believe it was 10 or 12 episodes and they're 30 minutes. And that's normally a show that would be binge worthy. This is something where I wonder if you haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's because you don't, you just don't want to watch it. Um, it is Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You. It is on HBO. HBO Max, whatever, however you get your HBO in 2021. It, gosh, it was last summer. So I want to say it debuted around June. And obviously it's the kind of show that was pretty much on everyone's best of lists. So like if you like TV and you looked at any 
best of 2020 lists. This was definitely top three, top five, pretty much for every single person ever. So like I said, if you are still choosing not to watch it, maybe you really just don't want to watch it. But if you are one of the people who has not seen it, it is such a good show. Michaela Cole, I only knew her from Chewing Gum before. Um, I actually watched a Black Mirror episode the other day that she was in. uh, And it was funny to see her not as this like, badass star of her own show and she was just kind of a um, side character but she Michaela Cole um, wrote this entire show she is the star of the show she's great in it she plays um, a writer who goes out one night with friends and is assaulted at a kind of club bar thing and the rest of the show is basically her trying to figure out what happened that night but it's also how it affects the rest of her life. And she's kind of trying to recover and get her life back on track. And obviously her writing suffers and everything suffers. And the reason I say don't binge it, it, it it's weird because it's like a tough watch, but it's such a good watch. I don't know that I could go through six hours at once of the show. Um, and I don't know anyone who binged the show because most people that I know that watched it did we watch it week to week when it was on in the summer. So I'm normally like the kind of person who just wants to, if if I can binge a show, like I want to, but this is a show that I was glad that I had to wait another six days to watch. Um, and I don't normally feel that way. She's just also, I um, should Google how old she is. She's about our age. And I think that she's one of the more interesting people I've heard talk about how elder millennials, mid millennials, whatever you want to call us, how we like consume the internet. We're mid millennials. I know, it. but there's I feel like, like such an elder millennial. No, there's like forty year old millennials. We're right I in the know. middle of it. I like, know. You always but do this. There's, I know, but so the way that we, we yeah, I think you just in your mind, I feel you have, in your mind, you have trapped that millennials are like fresh out of college, which well, is so wrong. Technically, that's millennials are like twenty five, twenty six. Well, that's Gen Z. Technically, millennials are up to like twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. So you're you you need to move in your head the millennial demographic as you get older because it's you it's whatever you are you're right in the middle of it well but i'm also on you're not you're you're not going to grow out of millennial status no i understand that's that's what that's what you're not wrapping your head around no i understand how generations work what i'm saying is if you are 27 26 right now you're considered a millennial you're still in that demographic and the reason we have talked about this before on this podcast the way we consume social media and our experience with social media is so drastically different from someone who is 26 because when when those people were 13 years old facebook was available to everyone and that is so different than the way that we grew up and that like shapes so many things cuz like we didn't have we've talked about this we didn't have instagram in college it literally wasn't invented yet so the fact that these people had instagram pretty much in high school just changes the behaviors and changes like their viewpoints on it. And it's, it really does shape you as a society. That's very dramatic, but it's true. So Michaela Cole is a person who, like I said, is about our age and like started blogging when she was in high school, but her internet e experiences are very similar to someone like ours. And so I just think her viewpoints on it are very interesting. Um, you can tell like the social media aspects of the show are written by someone who actually uses those forms of social media, which is different than a lot of shows. Like I watch a lot of shows where people talk about Twitter and they're like, Oh, let's get this hashtag trending. And it's, you know, like 
some obscure thing and they get it trending and it's like that literally would never happen. Um, but her use of social media and streaming and everything is very on point, which I really enjoy and is refreshing. I'm going to do two more in a row. They're very quick. So we're doing five now. No, it would be very, very quick. Like that last one, which was six minutes. No, that wasn't supposed to be. Or do we have to start timing these? We actually talked about timing these at one point. Um, I don't think that was six minutes. I'm going to go back um, and check when I edit this. That one was my longer one. These two are quick. I'm doing four total. My recs this week are Bridgerton, I May Destroy You. And my final two are A Teacher and The Flight Attendant, which are ones that we've talked about before. But I'm telling you now because every single episode for both of those is out. So a teacher, which is FX on Hulu, the flight attendant, which is HBO Max, you should binge those shows. Unlike I May Destroy You, which I don't recommend binging. Um, a teacher is not a show that should have been week to week, the Hulu format. it's They should have released probably the final three together. They released the first three at once, and then they did it week to week. And I do not think that benefited the show at all. I think it's a show that if you watched like the final 90 minutes together, probably would have been not like more powerful, but just kind of made more sense together because the last episode kind of felt like it sputtered to the finish. And if you had the other two with it, it just would have made way more sense. That being said, all 12 are out now. So you should binge that. Did you ever watch any of that show? Are you even listening? Are you going to the mall later? Um, which one? A teacher. No, I haven't watched a teacher. Okay. You should binge it and tell me what you think. I do love Kate Mara though. She's my yeah. number one Mara in the Mara rankings. Yeah. she's Well, I don't know. Yeah. She's mine too. Um, Nick Robinson is my favorite part of that show. He's phenomenal. He's like 25. He is 25. Yeah. And well, he gets to play. I think we've talked about a teacher on this, haven't we? That's what I'm telling you didn't. Oh, listen. you're updating. I get it. I get I'm it. updating. I'm saying that like when I told, when I first talked about it, I said, probably wait till it's all out so you can just binge it. And now I'm saying it's all out and you should binge it. I have seen every episode. It is good, but it, it really does like sputter to the finish. Like the ending is just not all that thrilling. So watch it as a binge show. Don't like the week to week thing did not work for that show. Um, my other one is The Flight Attendant. Very binge-worthy, super easy binge. It's our episodes, which makes it a little bit tougher. But... Are you just retelling me the same thing you already said? Yes. That was the... You literally missed the entire... This is no, the first okay, I time got on the podcast like, you have I like how you're... No, no, no. I mean, I'm, not... I, I got it. I knew you said Flight Attendant, and I knew you did a teacher. I'm I, saying... I think it's funny that you're you're like explaining it to me again. No, I'm going back and saying... We talked about these shows when they first premiered. When we when we did, well, okay, flight attendant. You think a flight attendant was the proper model? You think they they did do it no, right? And, and they were fine. They were fine doing week to week, but but you but it should be binged. Like I'm saying, I, the different. What I'm saying is these two shows, the full episodes are out now for both shows. When we first talked about them, only three episodes of the flight right. attendant and only three episodes of a teacher were out. So I'd only seen I'd only seen one or two episodes of The Flight Attendant when we talked about it. I'm now yes. saying, I have seen I, the entirety of both shows. I think you should watch them both. The Flight Attendant is better. A teacher will go quicker, but The Flight Attendant's definitely the better show. Whereas, um, I Might Destroy You, you appreciated the break because it was pretty dense. 
yeah, I'm saying you should watch the show, but maybe give yourself some breaks. And then I'm saying you should go back and you should binge a teacher and you should binge the flight attendant and just know the flight attendant is better, but that a teacher is a little bit shorter. And I think it moves pretty fast, probably as a binge week to week, like I said, wrong choice for FX on Hulu. Again, HBO Max is the flight attendant. Two good shows that if you have not started, you should start and binge them or don't. Those are my final work. I, I combined two because we had already talked about them. Okay. Hey, man. Your world, your rules. That's I mean, all I got. I'm in charge here. You're next. Um, I was going to watch the George Clooney movie, but it got universally panned, so I avoided it. The Netflix one? Uh-huh. Midnight Sky? Is that your recommendation? No. I was going to – I didn't watch it. Oh, so you don't even have one. I, I gave three. Which ones? But I was going to do Bridgerton. Oh. As like, as like my saw an episode, couldn't do it. Okay. So your positive compliment sandwich was what? Death of 2020. Negative Wonder Woman, death negative. 2020 positive, negative Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. You could have just ejected yourself from this and I could have just done a soliloquy on my three shows. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. Alone. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts i didn't th- i mean are we starting off 2021 on a bad note no no no, no. i was just do i was just, uh, literally doing e- uh, work emails there i didn't know that um you didn't have any more left i would have just excused you um no i'm happy i was happy to hear the explanations are you gonna watch a teacher someday down the road like i just started pen 15 Mm. and that is a rough watch oh because it's awkward i actually that's on my list and i was thinking about because like it's quick right yeah speaking of hulu because the teacher's on hulu pen 15 also on hulu it's um i mean they nail it they nail what it is to be in junior high but in nailing it it's really tough to watch it's it's brutal awkward awkward and just kids are so mean like that's the meanest age i think like like 12 13 14 i don't remember 12 13 were you the mean one no i don't i mean i don't think i was um maybe we need to have kelsey krieger guest spot on here and she can tell you what i was like at 12 13 14 but i don't think i was the mean one but i just we had a really small you went you had a same probably similar setup we had a really small school so like you liked everyone or you didn't i don't know it's like 50 yeah but it's still it's still okay there's like no there's no passing and stuff yeah but our note passing was like hey kels you want to grab a snack at lunchtime together like what what did you pass notes that were mean did you do the highlighter you gotta, trick? You just got to watch Pen15, dude. Can I ask? That's all I got to say. Did you do the highlighter trick where you took the bottom cap off the highlighter, you took the ink out, and then you put the note in there? And if you got caught, your teacher would be like, what are, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I was just giving Kels her, her highlighter back. How, yeah, but you're just passing back highlighters over and over and over again? Yeah. Never figured it out. No, it depends. I mean, I think we had like a little a network of people who are in or out and like if you were along the route you would just pass the note if it was for you you'd read it if not and like if you violated that code like you were out so you didn't want to violate the code you know oh if you read a note that wasn't for you yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. This is probably mm-hmm. this is probably only like half the class was in on it. Um, but yeah, you can't. It wasn't cool, obviously, to read it. No, that wasn't for you. I would have. Yeah, and then you'd be out. You'd be out of the network. <laughs> okay. Um, I so I still might try Pen Fifteen, but um, I have had that one on my list for a long time, and I haven't started. So. All right. What an episode. I don't really know what else to say. Um, see you next week. Give me, give me a final welcome to 2021 thought. Welcome to 2021. Um, boy, oh boy, there's a lot of TV. There's a lot of great TV. Tiger Woods doc coming out when? I think it's January 12th. Is that a Sunday? Documentary HBO is coming out. 7, 10, January 10th. So next, next Sunday. Is it January 10th? Yep. Next Sunday. Hell yeah. 90 minutes. And then coming out tomorrow on Netflix uh, with uh, Nick Cage is the history of curse words. <laughs> I've not heard of that one. Oh, check out a trailer. It looks, I'm definitely watching that and most likely recommending it. Okay. Just, every swear, like how I, I know I use my curse word, but how F-U-C-K came to be and how it became taboo. S-H-I-T, C-U-N-T. B-I-T-C-H. It's going to be great. Okay. This is a good preview for next week. I'm obviously watching the Tiger Doc. I guess I'll check out the Nick Cage thing. So just a little teaser um, to get you excited for next week's episode. We'll see you then. Bye.